pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, you who attend, uh, you who attend this service on a regular basis may not realize it, but um, all of you are part of a, a larger body at New Life that's spread over three services, uh, one on Saturday night and two on Sunday mornings. Uh, over 1,700 people worship at New Life each weekend, and our records tell us that well over 2,000 people would say, New Life is my home church. And uh, you all know that every weekend we give all 1,700 of you the opportunity to share with us your prayer requests, things that are going on in your life that you'd like our ministry staff to pray for. We use that little white communication card at the end of our service, and you can write those requests on there. And our team um, makes it a priority to pray for those. Sometimes it boggles my mind when I read through those each week to see all of the, the burdens and stressful situations and the pressures that new lifers face every week. Just for example, um, this is the prayer request sheet from last weekend. And I'm just going to read several of these, not without the names, but just so you kind of get a feel for the the types of situations that uh, our people are facing. One person writes, "Um, please pray for me. I'm going to be starting a new job this week, and I need God's strength to start out well. Another person says, pray for my mom. She's been plagued with a physical condition and These days, she has more bad days than good days. Um, A wife writes and says, Please pray for my husband to be saved and to start coming to church. Several prayer requests for uh, marriage situations. Someone writes and says, Please pray for our financial situation. My husband has been laid off and he doesn't receive much unemployment. Please pray for us. Someone else uh, getting ready to have a baby enter their family's life says, Please pray for us. Our life is going to change immensely, and we would appreciate any prayers that you would offer up for our family. A dad wrote and said, please pray for my son. He's having surgery tomorrow morning. Pray for his nerves and pray that the doctors would have skill in performing that operation. Someone else wrote, a mom writes and says, please pray for our son who's in the Navy. He's out to sea until the summer. A couple wrote and said, please pray for our daughter and son-in-law. They're they're getting ready to have a child, and there is a strong chance that that baby will be born with Down's syndrome. Please pray for us. Someone else wrote and says, please pray for my cousin John. He's in Iraq. Um, His present job is as a gunner on on a Humvee. Please pray for his safety. Someone else wrote and said, um, we're leaving this weekend to go to another state to see our nephew who is in prison for life. Please pray for us. And it goes on and on and on. Um, Last week, one of our own members, Larry Spann, uh, was notified that his son had been killed in Iraq in a combat situation there. And can you imagine, you know, I tried to put myself in his shoes and imagine what that would be like, and I just... I can, I can hardly imagine what it would be like to go through that kind of grief. A lot of us are facing things in our lives that are stressful situations, uh, pressures, weights. Here's the question I want to ask this morning. How do you handle stuff like that? 
Where do you get the strength, the inner strength, to bear up under situations like that, to handle those kinds of things with courage and with grace instead of caving in or running away? Where do you get the strength to handle life's situations? And that's what we're going to be exploring today as we conclude our series on the book of Philippians. So if you have your Bible, uh, I invite you to take it and turn to Philippians chapter 4. You can also pull the study guide out of your bulletin and follow along with us. As we explore the question, how do you deal with life's stressful situations? The section that we're uh, looking at today in chapter 4 of Philippians includes one of the most quoted, most loved, most famous verses in all of the Bible. And that verse, Philippians 4.13, I've chosen as our sermon in a sentence for today. And it says this, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Would you say that with me? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, I hold in my rough, leathery, masculine hands a craftsman power saw. And for purposes of this illustration... I could have chosen, you know, a kitchen appliance, uh, a mixer or a can opener or something like that. But I'm a guy, and so I've chosen this Craftsman Power Saw. I still enjoy old reruns of Tim the Tool Man and and all that kind of stuff. But um, this saw has served me well for many, many, many years. This saw helped me 12 years ago cut the wood to build a deck that to this day, amazingly, is still standing. The last time I checked... It was still standing. A power saw like this in the hands of a skilled craftsman, unlike me, but a skilled craftsman, can do amazing things, can craft and create beautiful, wonderful, useful things. But a power saw like this is practically worthless and can do just about nothing unless it is plugged in, plugged in, to a power source. Now, if I've discovered anything over the years about handling difficult situations, it's that we too need a power source. Would you agree? We need a power source that taps us into something that's beyond just our own natural human strength. I'm wondering, how many of you have situations going on in your lives these days that are bringing some stress into your life? Could I see your hands? Okay. We're a stressed out church, aren't we? (laughs) We all do. We all do. I got to thinking about my life and thinking about the last eight months and just uh, the stress that I felt in my life during that season and probably the most stressful season of my life. And I'm pretty convinced that my puny supply of strength, just my own human strength, was not sufficient to handle those situations that I've been through in the last eight months. But I try to make it a habit every day to plug in to a power source, an alternate power source, 
and tap into strength so that I'm not just running on my own strength every day. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You could phrase it like this. I can successfully face every challenge that God allows into my life because I regularly draw strength from a resident internal power source, Christ Jesus, who lives in me and infuses me with his strength. Is that true of you? Listen, if you are a saved person today, if you've entered into that relationship with Christ through faith, then you have, living within you, according to the Bible, an internal power source, the Spirit of Christ. We often call him the Holy Spirit. And he lives in you. And he is ready and willing and available to pump a fresh supply of his strength into your soul so that you can face whatever you're facing with courage and with grace. An internal power source. Now I can see a question rising up in people's minds as we talk about this. Okay, I can do all things? Really? I mean... Is God's strength really sufficient for me to handle every situation that comes into my life, all things? Really, Steve? And in this section of Philippians, we see Paul alluding to several kinds of situations that he was dealing with, that he found Christ's strength to be sufficient for him to handle. I want us to look at some of those. The first we could call relationship problems. Relationship problems. The strength to address problems in our relationships. Notice chapter 4 and verse 2, where he writes, I plead with Eunice and I plead with Cynthia. That's not actually the correct pronunciation of those names, but I said I'm not even going to try. I would end up butchering those. I plead with these two women, he says, apparently prominent women in that church at Philippi, Some kind of a disagreement, some kind of a dispute had arisen. He says, I plead with you to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow. That was apparently another person in the congregation who who knew who they were when he referred to them that way. Get involved. Help those women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, wouldn't you agree that some of our most difficult challenges stem from the relationships that we're in? Wouldn't you agree with that? Our relationships. How much of our stress, I wonder, comes from relationship breakdowns? Either relationships that we're in or others, people that we care about who are in relationship that's struggling and we're wondering, should I get involved there? And and that brings stress into our lives. You know, it takes a kind of inner strength to address relationship problems and issues in our lives, to address them head on and not just let them fester and get infected and get worse and worse and worse. Now, some of us, when it comes to relationship problems, are tempted to think, I can handle this in my own strength. You ever felt that? You know, uh, my strength is sufficient for this. I can handle this situation. And I would just say to you, go ahead and try in your own strength. But I would ask you, 
The last time you did that, how did it go? <laughs> it didn't go. I mean, did it go well? It just, just dealing with something like this in your own strength usually doesn't. The truth of the matter is that we need God's strength in our lives. We need God's strength to actually deal with relational issues and not just hope they'll go away, don't we? We need God's strength to approach someone with whom we're at odds and have the right attitude. It takes God's strength to embrace a spirit of reconciliation when what you really want to do is punish someone because of how they've been treating you or maybe even punch someone because of how they've been treating you. It takes God's strength to be restrained in that. It takes God's strength to look for a win-win solution instead of just trying to to get your way and come out on top. And it takes God's wisdom and strength to know when to get involved in somebody else's deal, somebody else's situation, which is what Paul was doing in this particular chapter that he alludes to. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that includes addressing relationship problems in a way that works towards restoring harmony and peace. Do you have any of these kinds of issues in your life that are, that's bringing stress, relationship issues in your family, your friends, at work, colleagues? Some of us probably just need to, to stop today and just pray, God, please, I do not have enough strength on my own. Please give me your strength, Lord, to deal with these relationship issues with, with courage and with grace. So relationship problems. We need God's strength to handle those. The second kind of situation we encounter that Paul also did is is worrisome situations. The strength to deal with worrisome situations. Verse 4 of Philippians, he starts this way. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything... By prayer and petition. You might want to underline that. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think it's worth noting that he starts this section on worrisome situations by saying, Rejoice. If you want to know what kind of situations we're talking about, it's those situations where you're having a hard time rejoicing in. Can you think of anything like that in your life? We all have those kinds of situations. Somebody sent me a little humorous video clip this week, and I imagine this particular news reporter was not rejoicing when this little incident happened to her. Take a look. Another dangerous game kids play is to tunnel in snowbanks near the road. A few years ago, one boy <laughs> You live in Michigan, you pay the price, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if she was rejoicing about that. How about you? Do you have some situations in your life that you're having a hard time rejoicing over? If, if you do, just look at your neighbor and just nod at him with that little knowing nod, would you? Yeah, yeah, I do. We need God's strength, don't we, to deal with worrisome situations. 
I'm talking about things like when you get blindsided by a health issue, by a medical report. It says, you know, we've got some concerns here. We're going to need to run some tests. Those kinds of things. Or an unexpected change at work. Somebody makes a decision. It changes your life at work, brings stress into your life, kind of blindsides you. Or at school, perhaps, a change. Talking about situation, situations with your kids that concern you. And as parents, you know, what weighs, us, what weighs on us more than situations with our kids? Or maybe a situation with your parents or a financial setback or a major expense that you didn't anticipate. And it comes into your life and it's things like these that we're tempted to fret over and worry about. And some of us are chronic worriers, aren't we? You know who you are. Some of us just, you know, our minds get going and we start playing out scenarios and we start, you know, mulling this over and over and replaying things and it just kind of eats us up. We're worrying all the time. You know that, you play that what if game? You know, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And then what if this happens? Oh my! I remember getting up, it was a few years back, being woken up in the morning, about three in the morning, you know, with sweaty palms and just kind of shaking, and with this thought predominant on my mind. Steve, you could lose your job. And I woke up, you know, and and I couldn't get that. You could lose your job. And what if that happens? Man, if you lost your job, then it would affect your family and this, and you wouldn't be able to do this anymore, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I got up and went in the other room and started playing this all out of my mind, and pretty soon it was a disaster, and it hadn't even happened. It was just a what if. And I missed out on a good half night's sleep because I was not able at that point to rein my thoughts in and just say, whoa, 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 let's get anchored back to reality here. Everything that enters my life first passes through the hands of a loving God and start with that truth. You know, when it comes to anxiety and worry, it's our thoughts that can get us into trouble, right? I think that's why he addresses it in um, chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brothers, he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Literally, dwell on those things. Our thinking is pretty important, isn't it? Say, do you believe in the power of positive thinking? Well, apparently Paul did, and I do too, if it If we're talking about having our thoughts anchored to the Scripture, anchored to the truth of God's Word, God's a pretty positive God, isn't He? Think on the things that are true and right and lovely and excellent, He says. Not on the what ifs. (laughs) What ifs. Let me tell you why we need God's strength in the midst of worrisome situations. According to Paul, first, we need God's strength so we can turn our worries into prayers. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, pray, right? Turn our worries into prayers. We need God's strength so we can turn our complaining into thankfulness. He says, give your prayers and petitions with thanksgiving. You know, thanksgiving is often the first step of faith when it comes to dealing with a worrisome situation. It really is, isn't it? 
That's where you say, okay, God, I'm not really wild about what's going on in my life right now. I'm really not. But by faith, I want to thank you for how you're going to use this situation to work in my life and the lives of other people, how you're going to work in this situation to bring glory to Jesus Christ. I don't see it. I don't see it. So this is totally by faith, God, but I'm thanking you right now. I thank you that you're using this situation for my good and for the glory of Jesus Christ. In everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. That takes God's strength to pray that way, doesn't it? Because naturally we go another direction, don't we? And it takes God's strength to trade our anxiety for his peace that passes understanding. It takes God's strength to replace our negative thoughts with his positive thoughts. God's strength to deal with worrisome situations with relationship problems. And number three, we need God's strength to be content during lean times. Lean times. Notice verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Now keep in mind that Paul had just received a gift, a financial gift from this church at Philippi. That's what he's talking about here. You renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Would you underline that phrase? I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The strength to be content in lean times. Usually when we talk about lean times, we're talking about financially, aren't we? Financial lean times. Anybody experiencing some of that these days? More month at the end of the money. Long on bills, short on income to pay those bills. Now, Paul was a bivocational church planner. And let me tell you, that's not at the top of the income strata. He was making tents on the side. He was starting churches. And he said, I want you guys to know something. I know what it is to be in need. I do. Most of us don't struggle when we're in a season of plenty and abundance. We're pretty content with that, right? It's during the lean times. And Paul said, I have learned something that not that many people have learned. It's a secret. And it's how to be content regardless of what's going on. Abundance, lean times, doesn't matter. I'm content in here. Wouldn't you like to be able to say that truthfully? Wouldn't you like to be able to say, it doesn't matter. In here, I'm anchored. I'm okay. I'm okay. I can do all things through Christ. That was the secret. Through Christ who gives me strength. Here's what he was saying. I'm drawing on my alternate power source to strengthen my heart so I don't give in to worry and anxiety and doom and gloom thoughts and what-if scenarios. Christ, through his indwelling Holy Spirit, is strengthening me against those things. It's interesting. The word strength. 
I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know what that word was in the original language? It was the word dunamis. That's the Greek word, dunamis. Say that with me. Dunamis, from which we get our word dynamite. Paul said, I've got a power source in me who's infusing my soul with dino strength. Dynamite, power, strength from my internal power source, he says. The release of his energy in my soul enables me to do all things. My source, his strength. My source, his strength. My source, his strength. Would you say that with me? My source, his strength. Maybe that's all you needed to hear this weekend. Your source can be his strength. Power source. Friends, we all need God's strength to deal with relationship problems, worrisome situations, lean times. Then there's a fourth thing that Paul talks about that might sound strange to some of us. But number four, Christ in us wants to give us the strength to receive God's blessings with gratitude. Talk about that for a minute. Verse 14. He says, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I first set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. You were my only supporting church in those early days, he said. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, for me, what he's saying, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. It's like they had this heavenly 401k plan. And every time they gave to Paul, God registered a deposit in their heavenly 401k. He said, that's what I'm excited about. Your account's growing in heaven. Then he says, I have received full payment, and even more, I am amply supplied, he says. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. And here's how God views those gifts. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And then this verse. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. A wonderful promise. Not given to everyone, but given to those who are committed to meeting the needs of others. He basically is saying, since you went out of your way to meet my needs, I can confidently say God's going to meet your needs because you reap what you sow. And he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. God's going to meet your needs. And then he finishes that section. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, this may sound silly to some of you, okay? But there are some in this room today who just are uncomfortable and have a hard time being on the receiving end of things. Now, you're fine. You're okay when you're on the giving end. And so a need surfaces in your small group or you hear about something in your neighborhood, you're all over it. I mean, you're helping out. You're you're making meals. You're buying gifts. You're giving rides. You're transporting kids. You're doing all of these things, and you love that. You're giving, but then you get in a situation where, you know, You have some needs, and there are people who want to bless you and pour into your life, and you're like, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. 
You know, I, I love being on the giving end. Um, I'm a little embarrassed to be on the receiving end. Are there some of you who are like that? And for you, it's going to take God's strength to be not only a generous giver, but a gracious receiver. And has it occurred to you that God may want to bless you through someone else's service and ministry and gifts? Yeah, God just loves you. And he may want to bless you through others. And it behooves you to be open to that and to be thankful and grateful in receiving those gifts. That's where Paul was. I imagine it was a little bit hard for him sometimes, being who he was, to be on the receiving end of things. But he's able to say, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. You've met my needs. Friends, we need God's strength. That's the bottom line. We all need God's strength in our lives. We need to daily plug into the ultimate power source, Christ's spirit within us who wants to infuse God's dunamis power into our souls so that we can handle all things with courage and grace. But this all begs the question, how? Okay, Steve, I got it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How? How do I access that? How do I plug into the power source? What are the avenues that God uses to to pour a supply of his strength into my soul? And let me briefly say three things about that. Number one, God's strength is made complete in our weakness. In our weakness. There's a situation in Paul's life, you recall probably, where he had a thorn in the flesh and he asked God to take it away three times. And here's what God said to him, verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 12. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more, Paul said, gladly boast about my weaknesses so that Christ's dunamis, same word, his dunamis power may rest on me. I can guarantee you this. God will allow, if not cause, you to get in situations that you don't have enough strength to handle. That's what weakness is. Weakness defined is not having sufficient strength. He'll put you in situations in your family, in your work, whatever, where you're going, I can't deal with this, so that you'll start looking around for another power source. What can I plug into? What can I plug into here? Where can I find the power to deal with this situation? As one man said, there is no miracle without a mess. And if you're in a mess or approaching a mess that you don't have the strength to deal with, to handle, that might very well be God opening up a new avenue to you so that you plug into his power source. And then you'll do the second thing, which is to experience it by running to him when troubles come. God's strength is experienced when we run to him when troubles come. The psalmist wrote this in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God is our refuge. Do you know what a refuge is? In the Old Testament times, there were these certain cities set aside, designated as cities of refuge. Say, what's that all about? Well, if you were in trouble... If you owed somebody money and you weren't able to repay and they were coming after you, 
If you had wronged someone and they were angry and they were coming after you to, 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 to take your life perhaps or to injure you, you could locate one of these cities of refuge and run to it. You could hightail it for a city of refuge. Once you got inside those gates, those gates slammed behind you. You were protected. It was a safe haven for people against the vigilantes of the day who wanted to take matters into their own hands instead of use the processes of justice. It was a city of refuge, a place where you could run and be safe. And Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge. Can I ask you a question? Where do you run when you're in trouble? Easton? Dangerous, dangerous. Shopping, bars, medication, entertainment. Where do you run? You know, we all run somewhere when we're in trouble, don't we? We run somewhere. Where do you run? The Bible says God is our refuge and ever-present help in times of trouble. And when we run to him in prayer, that opens up that channel, that avenue for his strength to begin filling our souls. Paul said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, running to God in prayer. I just want to say to you, take your worries and your anxieties and your doubts and your fears to God. And when we do that, the words of Psalm 73, 26 apply. My flesh and my heart may fail But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Get into the presence of God. Run to your strong tower, your fortress, God himself. But you know what I found? There's something here many of us miss. Because sometimes God's plan for us for infusing strength into our souls is not just our own prayers, it's the prayers of other people. And that's the third one. God's strength is supplied often, often through the prayers of others. Ephesians 3.16, Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, here's Paul praying for someone else now, I pray that out of God's glorious riches he may strengthen you with dunamis power through his spirit in your inner being isn't that what we've been talking about all 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 morning strengthened with god's power by his holy spirit in your inner being but in this case it came through someone else's prayers sometimes i've found in my life that my prayers aren't enough A couple weeks ago, I was kind of feeling this way. I was like, Lord, my prayers just aren't doing it. (laughs) I need somebody to pray for me. And I know a lot of you do pray for me, and I'm grateful for those prayers. And I called together a group of people in our church, prayer warriors, intercessors, and we met one night back in the prayer room, and we prayed for our church. We prayed for you. And after a while, I looked at them and said, now, would you pray for me? Because I need to open a channel of God's strength pouring into my soul. And they all gathered around me and laid their hands on me and they prayed for me. And a while later, I drove home that night with my tanks filled back up with God's strength because I'd been prayed for by other people. 
Sometimes that's God's plan, is that your strength be supplied by the prayers of other people. As I prayed about how to conclude this series in Philippians and thought about that, I thought, you know, I think what we need to do is is take some time at the end of this service and just strengthen each other with our prayers. And so I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, for these next few moments. And think about your life for a little bit, would you? Think about your life. Think about the situations you are facing. And I'd like to ask a question. How many of you these days, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, would say, I'm, I'm facing something these days, and I know, I know, I need God's strength to handle it well. Would you lift your hands? I'm facing something. I know I need God's strength to handle it well. Many, many of us. Maybe it's a relationship issue. You put your hands down. You know, it's something, a strain, some tension in a relationship. Maybe it's a situation at work. Maybe it's a a worrisome thing in your family with your kids or with your parents. Say, I need God's strength. I just believe this morning that we need to take some time for you to come before the Lord and ask him for his strength. And then also to let some others pray for you. We're going to take the lights down a little bit. And I want to invite you right now, if you just raised your hand a moment ago, I'm facing something I know I need God's strength. Would you come and take a place at the altar? You can kneel if you'd like. You can stand. We'll give you some time to just ask God, God, fill me with your strength. You can do that right now. And after we give you a few minutes to do that, I'm going to call upon some other people to come alongside you and pray with you and pray for you. Because it may just be today that God's avenue of supplying strength in your life is through the prayers of someone else, like it was with me. You can kneel, you can stand. Anybody else like to come? Just run to God today, your refuge, your strong tower, your strength.